Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Greetings, comrades, and welcome to the Eastern Border. We're back with the news, and, well, if I sound a bit more sad than usual, then that's because I, uh, I am. See, the Russian missile strike hit a shopping mall in the central Ukraine city in the city of Kremenchuk late in the afternoon of June 27th. It killed at least 20 people and injured 59 others. This is the information that we have about now. Head of State Emergency Services of Ukraine, Serhii Kruk, said that 25 of the wounded had been hospitalized. The area of the fire reached 10,300 square meters, according to the state agency. Most of the bodies found at the scene of the explosion haven't been identified yet due to their severe burns. Minister of Internal Affairs Denis Monastirsky reported on June 28th. He added that the relatives of missing people will need to take DNA tests to identify the bodies. About 36 people were also missing after the attack. And... uh, yeah, Volodymyr Zelensky stated that there were, well, initially, more than 1,000 people in the mall, but thankfully many many managed to get out in time before the missiles hit, thanks to the air raid sirens. This, um, this place is located a few hundred kilometers away from the front lines in the eastern and southern Ukraine, and uh, relative peace has happened in Poltava, Boblesh, the district there. It apparently was working, and... Well, it was one of the districts districts less hit by the war. Ukrainian Air Force reported that the missiles that hit the shopping center were launched from Russia's Kursk Oblast. And, of course, this should be, should be examined as a war crime because, you know, it's not a military object at all. Following the missile strike, UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson said in a statement at the G7 gathering in Munich that the attack... Quote, once, ago, once again shows Russian dictator Vladimir Putin's depth of cruelty and barbarism. He also stated that Putin, quote, must realize that his behavior will do nothing but strengthen the resolve of the United Kingdom and every other G7 country to stand by Ukraine for, for as long as it takes. And, quote, our thoughts are with the families of the innocent victims of Ukraine, end quote. And, well, of course everyone's reacting to this. Russian media, well, we'll get to that because uh, I have Igor Girkin's latest news and latest 
reports. Again, thanks to wartranslated.com. Dmitry manages to be really quick these days because Igor Girkin hadn't posted for a while, but so far on, on the reports that I've read about, about the situation, the Russian side is, of course, claiming that this is a provocation, just as it is with Bucha. You know, they claim it's all fake. And their leading theory comes from the fact that apparently Russia states that they were shooting at a rocket at some place, some military object somewhat nearby, which it, which it isn't there. And Ukrainians shot down the missile, and the missile, after being shot down, hit uh, hit them all. But well, from the from the conflict intelligence team reports. Yeah, they've they've studied them, and uh, there's no one really nearby that area, and it's quite unlikely that this has happened this way. Besides, the one reason that uh, that they give is that there was a military object nearby, but that was back in 2014, and no one on the Russian side has, well, <laughs> properly updated their maps, which wouldn't which wouldn't be surprising because if you remember the the beginning of the war, some soldiers went and you know dug their dug their trenches in the red forest near chernobyl while using maps from 1985 which obviously being a year before the whole chernobyl disaster is also how everything happened and this is just bizarre and and, and we and weird because you know i i again i, I don't think this was putin's orders i think this is some some general messing up or or someone making some stupid mistake somewhere or maybe this is on purpose maybe but you know it's it's a very bad pr or maybe russia is trying to show that you know they um they can't really be stopped and they'll they'll do what they want but all in all this um this leaves me with a bad taste in the mouth and gives me extremely weird vibes further on i think we should finally get back and you know we haven't checked on igor Gidkin for a while he apparently ran into some troubles with imposters on Telegram, so I had to check it, and we hadn't have him, hadn't had him, um, you know, on the show for a while. I mean, seriously, if if uh, if somehow he gets captured, and then I can interview him at some point, that'd be great. But so far, this is what my favorite nemesis and crazy enemy, Igor Girkin, has to state about the overview of the frontline situation. Number one. The border front line. That's from Belarus border to Kharkiv Oblast. That's uh, Russian top top side. But he comments on the Belarus side here. Quote. Both sides suspecting the enemy of the ability to strike an insidious unexpected blow, whether justified or not, I don't know, are gradually accumulating strength trying to cover the border. The former, quote, respected Kiev partners, end quote, Again, to all of you new here, Igor Girkin is a very pro-Russian guy, but he writes good analysis on the front lines. And, you know, he when he states that Russian army isn't faring that well or whether they're failing, you know, no one can really accuse me of using only pro, pro-Ukrainian sources, which is the side that I obviously support. But now and then, this has to be mentioned because some of you, you know, maybe haven't checked out all the shows. So, the former, quote, respected Kiev partners, end quote, are doing it somewhat better. They have more human resources. In this regard, they are also taking the initiative by shelling Russian military and civilian objects on our Russian side of the border, also sending in sabotage groups, which resulted in two, mil- two that have been widely known destructions of smaller units of border guards, six and four killed in both cases without punishment. 
likely, both sides are not yet ready to create the continuous active front line in this extended section due to a lack of resources, which does not at all execute an attack on one of the sides for tactical or propaganda objectives. Number 2. Kharkiv Front Line In the north and central sections, fights of local significance continue. Russian forces most likely have no power to develop the offensive or any desire to continue developing it. The partners have that desire but don't have the heavy weaponry, which is common for me here, is extremely important why that, you know, they get delivered as much heavy weaponry as possible. Because if you got Gitkin states that Ukraine can't attack because of lack of heavy weapons, then, uh, well, you should poke your representative in whichever country you live in so that Ukraine gets that necessary heavy weaponry. Russian forces, after moving forward, created a safe zone covering the adjacent regions of Russian Federation from shelling, and these regions are capable as a foothold for the future offensive on Kharkiv. In the southern section of this front line, Baklayev line, for the whole of the past week, the Ukrainian forces were attempting to endanger the Izium grouping of Russian Federation with a flank strike. It did not progress further than the fights of local significance. Number 3. Slovyansk Direction Along the entire front, uh, front line south of Izium, from Vedika Kamševaka to Siverny Donetsk, there are local fights, artillery skirmishes and activities of reconnaissance and sabotage groups. Russia did not conduct offensive actions in the classical sense, concentrating their efforts on attempts to finish off the Severodonetsk-Lishansk agglomeration. Although attempts to try out and, and scout enemies' possessions and attempts of tactical moves continue. Ukraine, while counterattacking insignificantly, insignificantly in places, are continuing to fortify using their main forces at the approaches towards Slovyansk Kramatorsk fortresses and along, and along the Slovyansk Barvenkovo line, counting on fighting here a decisive a defensive battle if the Russian Federation command decided to assault this reinforced area directly. Severodonetsk Lishansk agglomeration. Through the week, all along the whole front line, fierce battles continued with large losses for both sides. On our side, the lion's share again fell on the people's militias. Well, again, he mentions Russian side, and when he speaks about our side. The enemy, that is Ukraine, managed to withdraw remnants of their troops from the foothold of the left, on the left bank of Siversky Donetsk, south of Severodonetsk, by abandoning the largest part of heavy weaponry and, and suffering significant losses in manpower. However, the defending experienced, experienced Ukrainian units and mercenary detachments, uh, that is how he calls the the kind of the people who have come to fight for Ukraine from other countries, avoided avoided the total defeat and destruction. Similar situation occurred in Gorskoye Zolotoye fortress. Despite large losses, the enemy managed to withdraw the core of the garrison from the operational encirclement, abandoning the, in the cauldron only small and forgotten detachments and groups of demoralized deserters. Very few POWs were taken. It can be said that our pincers grabbed empty air. Yet still, the dangerous bulge in the rear of the advancing to the west of Popasina group is now cut off, and the integrity of the Ukrainian front line in south and southeast outskirts of Lyshansk has been compromised. Donetsk militias and Russia reached the uh, Russian armed forces reached directly the southern outskirts of Lyshansk and to the west nearly took it into operational encirclement, which, however, as of last night, has not yet been completed. I assume the possibility of a gradual, certainly with battles, retreat of Ukrainian garrison towards Seversk and the conclusion of the fights for this area within a week could happen unless Ukrainians bring in large fresh reserves. 5. Seversk-Bakhmut-Solidar frontline. No substantial changes. 
The second line of long-term defensive constructions around here, built by Ukrainians during the alternative-less Minsk agreements, that's how he calls them. All said cities have additional concentric defensive contours. In Bakhmut and Solyadar, there are Soviet-built military bases. In fact, in Solyadar, an underground fortified storage base. The assault on the second line, occupied by plentiful forces of the enemy, will not be successful without engaging all Russian and, and Donetsk and Luhansk forces. And I'm not predicting it for the nearest future. Unless, of course, the Russian command decides otherwise, contrary to common sense. Again, Girkin, well, does not hold high opinions of the Russian Central Command. Donetsk Frontline Wedging into Ukrainians' first line of defense at Avdeyevka did not see further development for the same reason, which is an acute lack of necessary combat-ready units and the same acute lack of manpower and available units. On the front line from Khorlivka, Toretsk to Marinka there are positional fights, active UAVs and enemy, sniper, and enemy snipers, and exhausting shelling, more, after, more often than not alternate. For instance, yesterday they were shelling Khorlivka of military objects, life support facilities, and, well... Igor Girkin claims that uh, you, you, Ukraine just some simply shells residential areas. I uh, highly doubt that, and that's a brave thing to say for him. After you know, we've seen horrible stuff done. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Done by the Russians. Number seven, South Donetsk Frontline. Over several days... Ukrainian, Ukrainians managed to push our forces south of Ukhlyadar, knocking back the secondary detachments of, of mobilized, that's how he calls the people who are forcibly mobilized in Luhansk and Donetsk areas, by two to three kilometers, more in places, and moving the front line to Pavlivka and Erhorivka villages. Their blow clearly had limited and distracting nature with aim to weaken the pressure of the strike group of Russian, of Russian army together with the militias on Yashansk. Despite this, it demonstrated the relative weakness of our front line on this quite important direction. Number 8. Zaporizhia and Kherson front lines. In general, no changes. Notable is the generally increasing enemy activity, especially their artillery and sabotage groups. And here he makes some general conclusions. Number 1. The protracted battle of the second, totally definite, stage of the so-called special military operation is gradually ending. Whether it will end with an operational pause or will immediately move into the battle for the initiative, the effective stage announced by Ramzan Kadyrov, another one of people whom I massively hate, I can't guess, really, but I still expect that this battle will start outside Donbass. The current battle is ending with tactical successes of Russia, but strategically, in general, it is unsuccessful, since by the fifth month of the special military operation, the group of Ukrainians in Donbass is still not defeated. Likewise, it was not pushed out, out of the majority of its positions. Here I want to comment again from my sources being uh, this conflict intelligence theme, which by the way also I got some comments that uh, last time I used the fact that 
some sort of mixed soup is fighting for Russians, but that was just an interesting metaphor that uh, I heard in the conflict intelligence teams get of their own conclusion things which they publish only in Russian, sadly. And and I wanted to use this one, but I don't know. I, I think I think I'll just mention them more as well because these guys are doing their research pretty well and they're they're really great at, at what they're doing. And by the way, they're all also declared criminals by the Russian government and now all live abroad. If you if you poke someone from, from these people here on Twitter on here or on here on Twitter, yeah, because I say too much on Twitter, I suppose, or or on Facebook, then yeah, let them know that uh, they're doing a great job. But carrying on with Igor Gitkin. <clears throat> oh yeah, forgot. Uh, the conflict intelligence team reported that Ukraine has been pushed back by about fifty percent of the territory they held before on the twenty fourth of twenty fourth of February. Since uh, since since that's a weird calculation, since they lost about one third of the whole Luhansk and Donetsk areas to these separatist formations. And they kept the other two-thirds, and now they've been pushed back by another third. So they're now effectively holding about one-third of Luhansk and Donetsk, Donetsk Oblast. And again, just as Gitkin states, their attacks could be more successful if only they had more heavy artillery. And, uh, well, finishing off his conclusions with the second point of this, quote, the defeat of Ukraine in the Battle of Severodonetsk in one hand and the failure for the strategic operation to liberate Donbass by, Ru- by Russia on the other has already led to the further increase of military supplies for Ukraine from the, quote, and this is how he calls you, dear Western, Western listeners, quote, <clears throat> dear Western partners, he mentions that you're not his partners and you shouldn't be. I mean, he provides material, but hey, at least that's good. In July-August, a lot will be decided after deployment of reserves from both sides. The time is working both against the so-called Ukraine and the Russian Federation. But against the Russian Federation, the time is working much harder, especially considering how the Russian political authorities, seduced by local and very expensive successes, are critically slowly realizing the necessity of putting the country's economy onto war, war railing. Now the thing here is that, like I said, I think I think the winter will hurt Russian Russian odds and successes in this war a lot, because I think this has to end by by December, late January. That's my prediction because we've all seen the logistics issues in the beginning, and even if even if Russia some sort of you know announces mobilization, it might be just too late. But it also depends on how how much Western countries are ready to help Ukraine, and do we give them the heavy equipment and everything. Which is why I also think that, you know, this colonel or, or some field general, by the way, uh, Russia has swapped away two of their generals for not being successful enough and putting new ones in places. One of, one of the new ones got, like, called into, called into, uh, into the service again from reserve. And he apparently hadn't served in so many years, he managed to put in a lot of weight. He, weighs like, he now weighs, like, 127 kilograms, which is a lot. Uh, just multiply that by three, uh, okay, by two and a, two and a half. Yeah, multiply that by two and a half. That's two hundred sixty, about about three hundred pounds or so, approximately. Okay, um, but yeah, and, and his photos are really weird on the internet. However, that's not everything. Today, um, after this, Igor Girkin basically posted another thing about Ukrainians retreating from and withdrawing from Lyshansk, which is good because, again, over there in that front line, they were kind of captured in this pocket. And, no, he's not really happy about how Ukrainian withdrawal is going, which is good because Ukrainians are sort of 
as as far as I get it, shortening the front line of the Donetsk region to prepare for counterattack and eagerly awaiting help to get the heavy equipment. Quote. This is from today, so the gender candidates. From Igor Girkin again. Throughout yesterday and last night, the enemy, while covering behind weak rear guards, conducted a fast withdrawal from Lyshansk and its surroundings. In some sections, the enemy's withdrawal was so quick that the units of Luhansk and Donetsk militias were unable to closely pursue them due to an almost complete lack of combat wheeled and track vehicles. At the moment, fierce fights are only taking place in the neck of this bag, where the enemy is holding positions with an aim to allow as many of their detachments as possible to withdraw. Up to a half of the city is already abandoned. Clearing is taking place. The enemy also dumped their positions at Seversky Donetsk, north of Lyshansk, and our units have, there have already crossed the river. Most likely, the battle for Lyshansk will end within the next, perhaps slightly longer, day, and the general op- operation will end this week. The operation will end when our units chasing the withdrawing forces of Ukrainians will run into the newly organized defense line at Seversk. In general, the enemy has already suffered and will inevitably suffer significant losses during the retreat, most of all in vehicles, but it will preserve the bulk of the experienced manpower. In this case, from the Ukrainian side, there is an obvious primacy of the military expediency over political and propagandist aims. From the Russian side, there is a tactical victory. Creating a cauldron with the complete destruction of Severodonetsk-Lishan's group of the enemy was not achieved, despite all the efforts, and very sensitive, in total over one and a half months, losses. As a bonus, Lishansk will not be raised to the ground during prolonged street fights. In general, while... Ukrainians have been pushed out have been pushed out from Lyshansk with heavy losses. So these are the news. Everything's concentrated and we have you know, have to wait for more updates on this because I I have to agree with Gitkin here. We're gonna look at some heavy fighting in, in near future and much depends on the aid that's gonna come to Ukraine. However, it is extremely sad to me that the price is lives of more civilians and more tragedies of you know more tragedies for for everyday people that can't really can't really be justified by any means and again i don't know i i i need to get back there and i need to do do my best and such events when i try to try to organize stuff a bit and try to give you all the news is is at least making me make me feel in a way that i maybe you know i make it a small difference in this whole war effort at any rate that's it for today. Please consider becoming our patron at patreon.com slash border, or you can click the uh, the donate button on our website, easternborder.lv. You can also just listen to all the episodes there without ads, because I know ACOST is a bit annoying in this matter. You can also just please follow us on Twitter. We're we're trying to reach 20,000 followers, and over there on Twitter, there's also this button that allow, that takes you to my Patreon, and you can support us there. Also, of course, you know, stay safe and don't lose sight of what's important of course and, and yeah donate to ukrainian charities come back alive that ua is my favorite one stay informed i mean this is a weird weird century that we now live in and it's going to be a weird dec- decade and and if you're just listening to the news episodes don't forget to check out the one i made earlier this month about the upcoming food crisis that's an important one and uh, when when we will we will be permitted for a while. Uh, it's not going to be available, but after after um, Ben permits me, I will put on my, my speech in the Intelligence Speech Conference for all of you to hear as well. That's going to be a nice break from the whole thing. Okay. 
До свидания, товарищи. And remember, happiness is mandatory. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.